0: Welcome to part two of Health System CIO's interview with Chuck Christian, VP of Technology at Franciscan Health. In this segment, Christian talks about how his team got over some of the initial humps with telecommuting, what he believes are the keys to leading through a crisis situation, and why collaboration is more critical now than ever before. As much as 80% of patient information is unstructured and stored outside of an EMR, Hyland Healthcare helps complete the patient record by consolidating and connecting this unstructured content to core clinical systems. With a full suite of content services and enterprise imaging solutions, Highland gives clinicians a single view of all documents and medical images associated with the patient via the EMR, enabling more informed health decisions and improving patient outcomes. Highland Healthcare, see your whole patient. Visit highlandhealthcare.com to learn more.
1: Yeah, and and the timing really is is pretty incredible because we had the final rule just a few weeks ago. Um, And that, of course, has has all these implications for virtual uh, care delivery.
2: It does. And the fact is that at the same time they were rolling those out, HHS was relaxing some of the requirements. And OCR was relaxing requirements around patient privacy and HIPAA. And Mm -hmm. HIPAA. Certain release of information when appropriate, so we could, you know, do the public health issue as well. But we still have to be, you know, on our guard and cautious. The other thing that we've had to do is ramp up security because there has been so many different phishing campaigns and stuff that have come at everybody because of the fishers will take advantage of any crisis to make you think that you're clicking on a link that's going to give you some yeah. sailing information and it's actually. They're loading malware on your PC. So we've you know, basically right. share with everybody to be cautious, be overly cautious about what do you click. If you don't know the source, or don't understand it, don't click it. So,
1: Right. And when you're looking at things like that, I, I can imagine that having somebody like Siri will be <laughs> helpful, but there's just so many security implications when everything does get ramped up so quickly as far as remote working and telehealth. How have you been uh, addressing those concerns?
2: Well, I mean, really and truly, we actually have a few people that didn't actually have internet in their homes uh, that we needed to bring home. So fortunately, we had just had some conversations with at and about their FirstNet program, uh, and we were able to co- acquire some of the hotspots for FirstNet and able to send those home with uh, those folks who didn't have uh, internet. And that's worked out fabulously what I've always said, I'd rather be lucky than good looking. So we got lucky <laughs> with that and with yeah. the rollout of the VPN, through global protect and that kind of stuff. So one of the things that we found is, you know, rolling out the updates. Like me, I don't have to be connected to the VPN all day long. I connect when I need to get to systems behind the firewalls and stuff. But a lot of my stuff, because we, you know, just recently rolled out Office 365, which is another lucky thing. Uh, We've leveraged Mm -hmm. the team platform for a variety of things internally to the organization. We have ServiceNow. We have so many things that are in the cloud that uh, there are only certain things that I need to do my job that I need to get to behind the firewalls. And so I'll just log on and connect, and then I'll drop off. But in doing so, uh, I don't get all the updates and stuff that I need to get. And so now what we're getting everybody to do is you need to be on for four or five hours a day so we can make sure that we can get, you know, all the updates and stuff, you know, to your machines that we need to. We've had a remote workforce for quite a few years. We've been running it you know, with mm-hmm. six and eight hundred people every day. Part of those are our home health care agencies. Uh, we have a lot of folks who are visiting nurse association and just other people that just routinely uh, work at home, and we were ramping up another remote worker policy, and just as this was hitting, working with with HR and the rest of senior leadership allowing those workers to, you know, work home either two, three days a week or on a routine basis, just from a cubicle and office space uh, standpoint, so... uh, The other thing is, you know, now that they've closed the schools in Indiana, we're not going back this year, but they're doing e-learning. And, you know, now that spring breaks over with and that kind of having the ability to let people work from home, the once it can, it gives them an opportunity to be there with their kids and not have to worry about daycare and uh, and that kind of stuff. So, uh, and a lot of those are closed as well. So this whole thing has created challenges far beyond a regular flu season or anything like that would be. So. yeah
1: oh yeah, absolutely. That's a really uh, nice segue into one of the other things I wanted to talk about was uh, leadership during something like this. This is so tricky, it, it's unprecedented, but what are some things that you think are, are really important to just try to uh, kind of guide people through it, you know whether it's communicating more often or just some thoughts on that, like based on your experience?
2: Well, I mean, I think, you know, really and truly, that's what you have to do is you have to literally over communicate. We have groups of us that have daily check ins, some of us more times than not. We stood up groups very quickly. I had phone calls It was running at seven thirty eight o'clock at night. And we were starting at seven, seven thirty in the morning just because we needed to get it in and you know, trying to make decisions and that kind of stuff. But the thing about it is those are management. Uh, yeah, I was having meetings with my teams. We we're meeting with our site directors who are we our business relationship managers for each one of our facilities and for other key business units of the organization, trying to understand what their needs were and trying to meet those. But the other thing that Charles did we do an all-hands-on-deck meeting at least once a quarter. And during the summertime, we'll you know cook hamburgers and hot dogs and that kind of stuff. But he did a virtual all-hands-on-deck last week. We had 432 people on the phone.
1: Oh, wow. yeah, and
2: He was providing updates uh, about the organization and talking about how impressed he was about how quickly we were able to come together, team appropriately with the, you know the different groups that he's responsible for provide solutions very, very rapidly. And so we've sent out broadcast emails. Uh, we have our team, team sites that are set up uh, that we're communicating on. You know, we've come across a couple of times where two work streams were actually starting to merge because they are starting now to work on the same things. And so we've merged those work streams and some of us have stepped away and let the appropriate people uh, work on those things, particularly around virtual health. And the other thing I'm doing uh, Wednesday, I have a uh, all hands on deck meeting for my squad, which is a little over 100 people, just to kind of give them updates because the people on my teams are like the folks are on the server team, that's on the desktop team and the architects. Yeah. And they're still doing what they always did. And sometimes they're not responding as rapidly as everybody else because their immediacy is not at the same level. Because, you know, we're not standing up new uh, hardware, network fabric, and that kind of stuff. And so our telecom team has been uh, deeply involved with moving people home, standing up soft phones. And and so the thing about it is, is I am am so happy uh, and so impressed that a lot of the decisions that we were making about virtualizing things like we're putting in a VoIP system through Cisco throughout the entire enterprise, not done yet, but we're getting there. So we had that stood out. We, we have Avaya phone switches that will allow us to run soft phones and a whole bunch of other things that we had the tools. And we just were able to very quickly pull those tools together to meet the demand. And you know, I was telling a group yesterday that, and this morning, I had one of our physician leaders, we were talking about virtual visits and what it's going to look like once this is done i think it's going to change i don't think we're ever going to get back to where we were because we've learned some things about yeah. how we can provide care to patients and how we can do work i've worked for some folks that believe that you need to be in the office every day Yeah, and, sure and, and i was never in the office every day even though when he wanted me in the office every day because i was at the physician practices or i was at one of the other facilities So now that we can work virtually in order to get a lot of work done and do a lot of collaboration using those tools that we've stood up. So uh, I think we're going to learn how to work differently. The other thing I I think that we've learned is how important it is that we take care of each other and ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't, our careers will be short lived in a couple of different ways. And I know that my wife is really tired of me being at home every day. The dogs love it. It's uh, a big but, change. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. It is yeah. a big
2: change. And so since I was doing some consulting work before I took this job, I had my office set up upstairs. And so I've just added some enhancements to it that makes it a little more convenient for me to work in this space every day. The only thing I don't get to do is I don't get to see people's faces. I don't get to interact yeah. with them. And that, that's tough because it's, you know, we're built as humans to interact with individuals, to have the collegiality that goes along with it.
1: Right. Yeah. And now yeah, you've been there. You've been there about a year, but yep. there are people, today, I just heard I, from somebody who's, oh yeah, is it today?
2: Uh, tomorrow is uh, my day. I started uh, my first day.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, that's great. Congratulations.
2: Well, thanks very much. If
1: you're um, sure, I can't imagine though how hard it's got to be if somebody is really new to a a role or organization. That has to be pretty challenging. But I know of a couple of people who are who are in that process, and yeah. that's, um
2: Yeah, the the good news is, is that a lot of people in the organization, because I knew Bill Laker, who's the previous CIO, I knew him for almost 30 years. And so I knew the organization, uh, number one, and there was a lot of people in the IT organization knew me, which was really kind of funny because one of the uh, administrative directors, I was faculty at the boot camp that she attended. And Dr. Roskam, who's our CMIO, he and I have interacted together for years around the interoperability in the state of Indiana. And so there were a lot of people that I already knew, or they knew me or knew of me. And I think, think that made the transition kind of nice as well. you know. And the fact is that there was an established team and some processes that we needed to take a look at. But, I mean, i got an awesome team. I mean, I, I can't begin to brag enough about uh, how well that they came together. How all of the uh, senior leadership on Charles's team worked together to ramp up to meet this challenge because there was never a uh, well, we can't do that. There was always, okay, how do we figure out how to do that? And We were spending a lot of late nights trying to solution virtual visits and virtual rounding in the nursing homes. We have some of our physicians or the physician leaders in the nursing homes. Well, how can they round without physically being in there? How can we have a solution that will allow the patients and their families to visit, but the families can't come in the building? So, you know, that was things we were figuring out on the fly. And we had some difficulties with our virtual health platform and uh, got those worked out. We actually had some calls this weekend with their senior leadership. And it's the same platform that Gossinger is using. So uh, I have no doubt that we're going to get there.
1: Yeah. And it's also really encouraging to hear that you are doing what a lot of folks are doing right now, which is reaching out to people either who are in the same spot or maybe are a bit ahead of where you are. I mean, yeah. it just makes so much sense to do that, especially now. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of the way my career has been all along, you know, working in community hospitals, you had to, I had to pick the brains of uh, folks that were way ahead of me as far as technology and process and that kind of stuff. And through our relationships through professional associations like CHIME and HIMSS, I was able to uh, leverage those friendships, stand on the shoulders of giants. And, you know, we're still doing that today. And I think that's one of the things that all the CIOs that I know, and now I'm getting to meet their CTOs, we're, you know, kind of sharing information. We, I've got a friend of mine who's a CTO of one of the other large health systems in Indianapolis, and we're sharing stuff all the time. You know, it's not because we're competitors, it's because we're trying to solve the same problems. And at the end yeah. of the day, our missions are the same, is to take care of patients. The one interesting thing about Indiana, this was said, I don't know, I guess about 15 years or so ago at the Indiana Hospital Association's uh, IT work group meeting, is that the hospitals decided a long time ago not to compete on data. We'll Mm. compete on quality of care and services, but we're going to share the data because that's what we need to do, because uh, the patients need to be able to get care where they want to. And that's one of the reasons that we have the uh, interoperability platforms we have in Indiana that are unique and different yeah. from what a lot of other people have had, but everybody else is catching up. So uh, that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're ahead of the curve on that one.
2: Yep. It helps.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that we really <laughs> hope to see continue is that For some people, it hasn't always been their instinct to reach out as much, and uh, hopefully after this or going forward, those individuals are going to be more likely to share, to uh, reach out, and kind of keep going what's happening right now as far as uh, that um, willingness.
2: Well, see, I learned a long time ago. I'm just a dumb old country boy from Alabama, Uh, and and what I tell my team is if I walk in the room and I'm the smartest guy in the room, I need to go find (laughs) another room because... I'm there to not only offer what little knowledge I have, but also to learn as well. So uh, I need to have, I've got a lot of smart people on my teams. Uh, I'm very pleased to be where I am and to be able to uh, contribute whatever little I can in order to make this organization successful.
1: Right. Okay. We can always talk more, but I'd, I'd like to follow up once some of the okay. dust is settled from okay. this, and sure. to just talk more about what you guys are doing. But um, in the meantime, thank you so much for taking some time. We appreciate it. Thank I'll be really in touch welcome. soon. Best- All right, okay. thanks.
2: Take care of yourself. All right. Be, be safe.
0: You too. Thank right, you. Bye-bye. You
2: too.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from HealthSystemCIO.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.